Hello, welcome back and happy Wednesday. It's another episode of Electricpreneur Secrets, the electrician's podcast, where me, Clay Newmeyer, the pleasant peasant, hold the door open for you and thank you for walking through. And my esteemed co-host, Joseph, the sales bot, Lou Canny, go live with you five days a week to help you master your sales, simplify your pricing and deliver premium level electrical service. Something I've been known to say in the calls is this thing's kind of the snake eating its own tail. We mm -hmm. say it in that order every day, but truly what helps you master sales is that premium service. And what helps you drive that highest level of service is getting your pricing right and simplified in a way that you can mm -hmm. create that PFM, Joe. What's PFM stand for? Pure freaking magic. Pure freaking magic where you're in their head. They're thinking, oh my God, I've never seen anyone do like this before. How is mm -hmm. it possible? They just came up with six options confidently in front of me, priced it and had me, you know, confidently selecting one. That sounds a bit magical, doesn't it? It does. And at the same time, people ascribe it to magic when they don't understand the science behind it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons why we do the thing we do. And something I'm very proud of is I'm very selective with my words. Everything that we put together in the process is hand-picked. Every word has its place. Every action has its meaning. And you'll be damned if I don't have a why for everything. Yeah, I love that, man. I love that about our process. I love that about the way you teach it. Mm -hmm. And something, guys, we were just actually talking about in the background before we thought, we better just hit, hit live and, and take this to the live mm -hmm. chat. Is It's Action Wednesday, and we're putting out value pieces. And one of the big things right from Zach's big wins that we started the week with, he said, hey, pricing was so huge for me. We wanted to give that to you guys again. So if you're engaged with us in the group, if you're just listening and not a member of the Facebook group yet, you can use our website as well, serviceloopelectrical.com or anywhere you're listening to this podcast, you can comment for that pricing tool and we'll be able to send that to you to help you get that price right. This is such a valuable piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. We've continued on with the things that are kind of limitations to contractors that, that we see out there at the different and various levels, but also the various steps of this. But today's value piece, I did an exclusive one as well, Joe. We were just talking about how we have a highlight, two highlights specifically from last Friday's class. Mm -hmm. I don't like to pump myself up too much, but I delivered a bit of a speech there that silenced the whole dozen people that were in the room. Myself included. <laughs> You got them to start putting goats in the chat. It was that good of a delivery. We can only share that with about 10 people. And what that is, is dealing with the scarcity mindset and the program that you guys have been really running and what's been programmed into you since kindergarten and beyond. How to um, over, overcome that and deliver on yourself and your goals and, and how to then use the why, what, and how and the feedback loop to drive cash in your company faster than we've actually seen before. And mm -hmm. that's where our chat left off behind the scenes was we were just discussing like, it's kind of crazy. There's this aha moment like, wow, we've never seen cash add up like this before for electrical contractors. Mm -hmm. Even you made reference to your own company, Joe. I mean, you saw great growth in record time. Do you want to mm -hmm. talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So I feel like anyone who has a process that they truly have their faith in will lead them to more success. Like with our company, we started off at literally my first year, we were at $90,000 for this year of sales. That's how bad I was. But we just kept getting better and better and better and better to where in a very short period of time, it was like, okay, 90 to 180, 
180 to 350, 350 to 500, 500 to 750. And it just kept going up consistently. But not like I've seen with them. That is unlike anything I've ever seen in anyone I've trained or anyone I've heard about. Where people are coming in like Eric and Mandy, who we interviewed and doubling up in, in like five, six weeks with us. It's insane. Or Dorian, we've made an example of him before, right? Goes full-time with us and earns 120K in sales in Mm -hmm. two months. First two full-time months where we see contractors go for a first year or two sometimes without breaking the 100K mark. Mm -hmm. And once again, I'm not trying to shame anyone in the background who's in that place. We all work with the tools and the gifts that we're given. If you're at that point, that's totally fine. We'd love to help you get better. But we do want to shine light on those that are unbelievably exceptional when it comes to their level of growth. And essentially shining light on the code that we've cracked and how that happened, just making the most sense of it. Again, with that why, what, and how and the feedback loop framework that's been able to help people achieve this. Like It's just crazy land speed records, man. Anyways, today we wanted to dive into setting the sales schedule and how important that is. Because it's something we see commonly go wrong in businesses of all sizes. And we've worked with contractors, as we've stated before, from zero to 10 million a year and one van to 40 plus vans running um, consistently. And so with that, we've seen these different levels of problems, but something we've seen across the industry, there's a problem that happens when you get to a client's house whether it's a demand or an opportunity call, it seems even more common with the demand call though. Have you ever had someone open the door and it's almost like there's a vacuum, like they're just ready to grab you by the wrist and take mm-hmm. you right to that fault location. Yep. And it's one of those moments, right? Oh yeah. The reason why it's such a problem is you're forced in this situation that you, if you don't prepare for, you get swept up because you know, the mentality of the customer is always right. Got to please the customer. In their opinion, the customer showed up and they need you to do something. They want you to go somewhere. And your desire to want to serve overrides your logic. And you're like, yeah, no problem. I'll I'll go. But then when you physically get there, you realize that you've given them the entire reins of this call. And it's so much harder to get in front of the panel now because they're like, it's just a switch, dude. Like, it's right here. My knob fell off my dimmer. That's what it is. Tell me what it costs to change this. It's so much harder to get to the panel from there. That's why we put steps into place specifically to say, we're going to go to the panel first every time non-negotiable. In fact, I'm going to add to that because there's this resistance and it's easy to just say that, but to give Mm -hmm. it the actual context, the words, you might be someone that goes to the fault first willingly and then actually tries to get to the panel through a safety inspection. Mm. or an electrical system inspection for their benefit. But then it comes off just like the mechanic. I mean, you pull into a shop and and all you want is your oil changed. But next thing you know, they're pulling out a 120-point inspection asking if you want that. The inspection's free. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, though, when they ask you that? I don't want it because it's a sales routine. Like my first thought is, okay, you call me for the $30 oil change. I get that. But this 182-point inspection is going to find something. I don't care if it's a 2023 car. You're going to find something. And now I'm going to be left with a situation where I don't like knowing things and not taking action on it. 
If you tell me there's something wrong with my car, I'm going to put something in the back of my mind. So I hate being put in those situations. You can see it coming. And I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I've seen it published on on national news where shops like mechanic shops specifically do the inspections, say they do the work, say that it's required. Of course, people aren't allowed in the back. Say that it's required and then not even actually do the work and bill people for it. That's, That's another level of gross. That's just so gross. Obviously, that would never happen to anyone listening to this podcast. You would never do that, not with integrity. I mean, you guys are all all trying to serve at the highest level with us, right? Mm-hmm. But the point is, did they see that news too? Very likely. Very, very likely they did. And if nothing else, if they didn't personally see it, they know someone who's seen it. And mm-hmm. if they don't know someone who's seen it, they probably know someone who this actually happened to. We all have someone in our network, isn't it? Was it six points or seven points of separation? You know, everyone in the world. Yeah. Six degrees of separation. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So along those lines of, yeah, you may not know someone right now, but in your network, there's someone who's gotten taken advantage by someone. I got to ask you, is it, do you think that the skepticism around sales across every industry is warranted at this point? Warranted is is a strong word. I would say that it's not unjustified. For the people to be concerned, because if you look at the situation we're in, the economy isn't doing great where inflation is going up at record levels. Mortgages are hard to get. The cost of eggs and milk is higher than I've ever remembered in my life. So mm-hmm. people are more conscious of their money. At the same time, they also know that their providers will raise their rates. But how and when and by how much they raise their rates is the thing that's up to question. Because You don't want to be taken advantage of ever, but it's really, really bad if you get screwed over even by a few hundred dollars when those few hundred dollars really mattered. Definitely. Definitely. So we're kind of against the odds from the Mm get-go. I know we've touched on this before, but given this context with this today, I want to back up from electrical now and say, okay, sales strategy in general, Mm -hmm. every salesperson on the planet to excel in their trade at their job to earn the highest level level of commissions, they need to have an agenda for that call. Correct. They have to have a car. And they'll do better performance-wise based on their ability to consistently run the play in a way that is wholesome and altruistic. Correct. If you feel bad, if you're a good person, but you're in sales... I don't mean to say, but you're in sales. I mean, and you're in sales. Yeah. You need to follow abilities that lead to ethics. If you do things that are unethical, you're poisoning your own well, which eventually you'll have to drink from. And so if you're the one with the agenda card, then you are the one that actually needs to take control in this call. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to check all the boxes, right? Correct. Or... If you do do try and circle back and check the boxes, it's going to come across disingenuous or unjustified. And once the walls of skepticism start coming up, it's very hard to take them down. 100%. 100%. So even in our own sales call process, again, Mm -hmm. full transparency. I mean, we don't push people to buy. We help people make the choice that's best for their business. And people like Eric and Mandy that take that, that jump with us tend to see massive results. That's amazing. But just like the the process that we teach our electricians, it starts with common courtesies, really, 
-hmm. pre-arrival checks, making sure that you're prepared and your mindset's correct. And and essentially we end up at foyer rapport, Mm -hmm. building that relationship, exchanging kindness, Mm -hmm. starting with an, an exchange of positive energy, but what follows and right at this critical mass point is actually where even in our process, you've got to set the set the schedule. Correct. And that's why I named this today. And I want to jump a little deeper into it now. So mm-hmm. what do you do then, Joe, to stop that client from pulling you to the fault? And, and assuming we're all agreed that going to the fault now is not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So what we would do in that situation is we need to give them a reason why we're going to the panel that directly benefits them and us. The reason why it needs to benefit both of us for transparency is because some people will say, I don't care about that. I don't want you to go there. And now you're kind of like, oh, well, it was only for you. Uh, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. So what we do is say the first area that you, we have to inspect is the main electrical control system. Just so we know where their emergency shutoffs are and that they're functional. Pretty much in layman's terms, what that means is you want me to look at something electrical. You want me to touch anything, right? If we notice, back I mentioned earlier, the the knob on the dimmer falls off. Mm -hmm. You know the right way of doing that isn't just taking the dimmer knob and putting it back on. It's taking the cover off, taking the switch off the wall, inspecting wires. Most of us service guys are doing that hot. But if for some of us, there are situations where you open up something that's bad. I open things up and I find that there's cloth wire behind it or that it's nubby or it's shorting or they left an inch of copper. It's not safe. So where would you even run to if you knew that there was a fault? You and open to, something up. Sorry. Not to interrupt. I was just going to say, and to take it to the most extreme reality, just to paint the picture, what if you did cause a short in opening that up and moving stuff around and the breaker was failing? I mean, even worse is let's say you do that and they don't even have a main breaker. Like let's mm. say you're in an apartment complex. You go in and you have a lug-fed panel inside their apartment like almost every apartment I've seen has. Yeah. You then go into a situation, you find out, God forbid, two wires touch, somehow it happens and the breaker doesn't trip. How do you kill it? You're physically going to rip it, the breaker off the enclosure. You're going to rip it off live. Probably not a great idea if it's a loose system. So now you got to run down the stairs, try to find out which meter in the meter bank on the side of the property is theirs, kill the whole thing, run back up to the top, hope that it was the right one. That doesn't sound like a winning situation. That sounds like you're going to look like a chicken with his head cut off, just running around in circles trying to get the sparks from stopping. And ultimately, you're liable at this point. You've gone and touched someone's electrical system without validating its safety shutoff, which Mm -hmm. is from the get-go. I mean, I don't need to be an electrician. If you explain that to me as a homeowner, hey, choice A or choice B, one, we're going to identify the safety shutoff first. Two, we're just going to go after this. Old school, shoot from the hip like we're on the farm. Mm -hmm. Like, don't touch my fucking house, man. Don't even touch my fucking house with that kind of, of disregard for the safety uh, and well-being of my property. And the best part about justifying it is you'll be people right now that are listening to it that are like, oh, people in my town don't care. They're all farmers here. They all live by the hip anyway. Okay. That's why it needs to benefit both of us. 
I personally will not touch a system that has electrical current going through it unless I know that I could safely run to shut something off. Because how many times have you gone to a home and found out, oh, wait a second, they're using their basement as a storage facility and they had cardboard boxes all in front of it or they had a, um, I mean, I've seen shelving in front of panels and you got a, a kitchen cabinets. How many times do you open a panel it's in your kitchen cabinet? You got to pull out drawers and shelves just to get the lid open. Yeah, I got to know where I'm running. That's all I'm asking for. Let me know where I'm going. Let me see that they shut off. Mm-hmm. And that right from the get-go to me is one of the differences of actually getting specific trade support versus trying to cookie cut other processes into our trade that don't serve those safety requirements at the same level. Mm -hmm. And that's not to throw sand at anyone. That's just to say there is a difference. And anyone, anyone could sit back right here, take a breath and logic through this and just say, here's the stuff we need to do for safety wise. And that stuff in large part is stuff that your client doesn't understand. Why? Because they're not an electrician. The likelihood, I mean, even in my own house, my partner still says, oh, do we blow the circuit? <laughs> right? Is the, is the fuse burnt? If you're not an electrician, you don't know. And sometimes it takes a little bit of humble, just a breath and a thought for that perspective again. And I like to think back again, I've made this example before, but to a time where I was in carpentry still, and I actually had to call an electrician on a demand call. Mm-hmm. And I can remember thinking, gosh, I'm in this home warranty situation. The lady says this receptacle is not working in her living room. And I'm thinking, I hope this electrician can solve this, Joe. I shit you not. That was my thought. I'm looking through the yellow pages through a phone book, trying to find an electrician. Date yourself. A while back, right? And I'm hoping he can solve a receptacle not working. Doesn't that spell out the gap of knowledge between homeowner and electrician? It really, really does. Because once again, you were a tradesperson. It wasn't that you were someone who was just like an accountant or like a middle manager. You were literally working in carpentry. You had experience with tools. You had experience with homes. But you were in a trade that you you weren't familiar with. And there are customers who are like that. Your engineer types, your mechanics, your welders, people who are directly involved in the construction of this world, but not directly involved in exactly what we do. And it's okay to have an understandable gap. We just have to be there to support our clients when they have it. 100%. I think the moral of today's episode is ultimately like without the script, without anything fancy here, you guys got to know that it's the right thing to do to hold your ground at that door when you're about to walk in, to not follow that vacuum to the fault, to not run to that first. And to, to have on your agenda, on your schedule, and in your sales process, to find those safety shutoffs first and to set that schedule for the call so that they know, A, right off the bat, you're the professional, not them, because that flips this whole thing on its head. And it's actually a really good thing when they try to pull right there and you stand your ground and pivot so that they know you're in control. This is no different than walking down the block with a dog pulling you to every telephone pole 
versus the person that's able to walk the dog with the loose leash. Mm-hmm. As long as they're pulling you, they're running that play. They're running that schedule. And your outcomes are going to be diminished by that. And not just your sales outcomes, even their outcomes. Because what I know that they don't know yet is you're actually able to go in, follow your play, and offer six options that will help them improve the quality and safety of their systems and their lives. But they'll never know so long as they're leading the freaking call. (laughs) Mike, a couple (laughs) of action items, Joe, and we're done here today. That's the 20-minute mark, brother. I love it. All right. You want basic or all-star? I think I did basic yesterday. Okay, take I'll take basic. basic Happy to do it. So the basic action is if you guys were to consider what we're trying to ask you to do, which is go to the main panel first. The argument that some people come to is my clients don't want that or they don't want that here. And that's the, the first line of defense as to I don't really want to do something new. So my basic action is when your customer says no, does that take away from it affecting your personal safety? It doesn't. It really, truly does not. And is your safety worth at least looking? Like bare minimum, bare minimum. If you were to just, let's say you were going to half-ass this. I just need to see the panel. I need to take the cover off on it. I'm not even going to look at anything. I'm just going to see if there's any active burning there. Close the panel cover. That itself would still mean that you would catch more issues than if you had just said, sure, the panel's fine. It's a 1940s house. I'm sure they had it updated at some point. You got to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, who's going to pay your injury bill? It's going to be you. It's your insurance. It's your liability, not theirs. You get hurt on their property, they're going to wonder if you have insurance. So bare minimum, is your personal safety worth taking control of this call? Hmm. That's good. That's a good, so like a consideration mm-hmm. for the basics. So the all-stars line perfectly up with that. Then I just want you to hold your ground. You can do this a few different ways. Some people like to use like an agenda card. And we saw that at your place when I was visiting. I was love it. Yeah. Right. Guy pulls a card, says, Joe, just so you know, this is, this is our order of operations today. Whatever he worded, this is what we want to do here with you today. Is it wrong of us to want to do that essentially? Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, Clay, come on, take a look at this. And yeah. the guy was probably like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, no, come here, look at this. Clay, take a look at this card. It made sense. It's easy to follow. I get that he's in control. He's got a process to fall, uh, follow as well. So whether using a card or using your speech and just simply hold your ground and make sure that you go to the safety shutoff first, if nothing else. And some magic's going to happen that we didn't even get into today, but you're going to start seeing more options available. So if you're someone that's having troubles creating options and you're having trouble standing your ground, guess what? This is a twofer. You're going to get a two for one on this because how many times have you even gone to the panel? Let's let's pretend you don't even take the cover off. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm recommending. But you mm-hmm. open it up, the panel schedule is half rubbed off from the 80s and you're like, shit, which breaker even controls that bathroom circuit? You're already getting more options, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is not safe. They can't even identify the safety shutoff, nor can you without advanced going into that circuit, pulling it off and actually troubleshooting it now. Mm -hmm. This is crazy not to do. 
it's crazy to even call this an all-star action. So I'm just going to go. I'm just, I, I've said my piece, Joe. That's all we could do here for you today, right? Yeah. Set the schedule, it. set the sales schedule, get those options out and help people at a higher level. This has been another episode, episode 190 of Electricpreneur Secrets, the electrician's podcast. We're happy to come back here again tomorrow as we do five days a week to help you master sales, simplify pricing, and deliver premium level electrical service. I'm ready for a drink of water, Joe. Nostrovia. Cheers. <laughs>